So recently, I want to say over the last 24 hours, I was thinking about this episode and recording it, um, it, uh, it being titled um, All of the Above um, in reference to God being for us, God being with us, and then God being in us. And then I suddenly saw a connection between God and Marvel uh, Comics' Tony Stark. So when I speak on it, I'm going to need for you to go with me on it um, so I can get us all to where uh, we should be in relation to this episode's topic. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. Looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. I'm your host, Calvin Wayne Pinewood Jr. I am at um, Evans Park in Evans, Georgia. Um, I'm trying to fight off this little bug that's trying to fly either in my face or in my mouth. I don't know, but it has to go. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so usually I stop at a library and um well probably in the living room slash dining room of our home but all spaces are preoccupied at the moment a lot of places are closed you know in honor of uh christmas holiday pretty certain a lot of places you know such as that like the library would not be open until Monday morning so if you hear a lot of noise things in the background I do apologize where I'm seated I am near some forestry uh, just enough forestry uh, to occupy birds maybe a few squirrels I'm also outside of a track um, where people are walking their dogs people are walking with their kids and babies people are talking on the phone or talking to each other and um so yeah um i'm like right here exposed not a really good fan of this but um this will have to do so let me kick right into this after that long introduction so i was thinking about doing an episode in relation to christmas now i wanted to talk about not specifically Christmas but what's centered in it I recently heard a a a sermon and I think I mentioned this before 
from um, if you're not familiar with Pastor Robert Madu, he is the senior pastor of Social Dallas in Dallas, Texas. Uh, him and his wife Taylor Madu, if I'm not mistaken, uh, both uh, pastors of that church. Um, Taylor, her m father, uh, came to Social Dallas and preached one um, sermon, and he was talking about a knock at the door. And if you haven't checked that out, please go listen to it or watch it. It's really helpful. It helped me out a lot. But there was something that he mentioned um, in relation to God. Um, the three phases of God. Not to say that God changes, but three phases of God in relation to us. So he mentioned uh, God being for us. Uh, he also mentioned God being with us. And he also, and then finally, he mentioned God being in us. And I wanted to explore that um, conceptual, conceptually and biblically um, and talk about how that applies to us in our daily lives. But in the process of thinking about that, I also thought, up, thought about the three phases of Tony Stark, you know, in the Marvel Universe, who's notoriously known as Iron Man. And if you've watched or any of the uh, move films from the MCU um, archive, um, or if you've read actually read the comics, which means you're probably more you probably be more familiar with um, the origin and uh, the facts concerning Tony Stark than I would than I would be. So, um, but anyway, I was like, there is a connection between God and Tony Stark. And I was like, this is pretty cool. So I wanted to explore that. I didn't think about that until like yesterday or the day before. And I wanted to explore that um, specifically. So anyway, um, let me jump right into this. Um, so the first aspect that I wanted to talk about was God being for us. Now, of course, in the beginning, uh, God made the heavens and, heavens and the earth. This is all explained in Genesis. And of course, he made man and woman. Um, he made us to uh, subdue and cultivate the earth. Uh, he, he said that we should uh, be fruitful and multiply. Uh, but most importantly, we were created in his image. We were created to mirror his glory, uh, not to uh, mimic it and take it upon ourselves, but to reflect. We were to reflect who he was and who he is and forever will be. Uh, but of course, uh, sin came into the picture and, and, and severed that relationship initially so God said you know what I, I asked you to stay away from the uh, the tree of knowledge the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil you had we had access to everything else even that so God gave us a choice and he gave us a choice to choose him uh, but we were tempted and we were um, subdued by our flesh and our desires and because of that, God decided to create a sword of fire that separated us from the tree of life so that we would never so that we wouldn't live forever in sin. And as in it, in other words, forever live in separation from him. And that's obviously not what he wanted. So God had already created a plan to put us in right standing, but that didn't occur into the New Testament. So we didn't see that initially but he had already foresaw it 
And I know a lot of people have the question, like, God, why would God put us in a position and set us up to fail? He didn't set us up to fail. He set us up to choose. He set us up to choose love. And we constantly look for that love. And it is a, it's a God-shaped void that we try to fill with everything else, but only God could satisfy it. So um, I wanted to apply scripture and I usually use paper, I print it out and I, I read through it and I highlight it. So the things that I wanted to touch base on, uh, first, I wanted to elaborate on the concept of God for us. Now, obviously in the Old Testament, uh, there's a lot of sacrificing being done. Like, you know, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So something has to die, something has to be sacrificed. Blood has to be shed to atone for our sins, right? So during this time, a lot of animals were sacrificed um, other than humans and uh, outside of humans. And um, which is funny because initially, if you, read in Gen if you read in Genesis, man was surrounded by vegetation and that vegetation was used to supply energy and our source of food. Animals were never intended for us to consume um, and eat. Nowadays, it's hard, it's hard to find dinner down the street um, without it being in some form of degree consisting of meat products. And um, which I'm, I would go as far as to say that a lot of health issues that we have nowadays come from consuming meat products. And I'm not just saying that, like I eat meat myself. Um, I think my body is slowly rejecting it. So I think initially I will become a pescatarian. Um, which I would means I would eat mostly vegetation and the occasional fish. Um, but that's just that's a different story. So, um, so I was reading um, in Exodus, and this is the, the, the Exodus two, Exodus chapter two. Uh, the the title of this section is the birth and adoption of Moses. Now Moses was uh, born uh, during a time where the Israelites were were banned, and um, to save his life, his mom sent him down the river, and then Moses was discovered by uh, Pharaoh's wife. Um, and uh, ironically, Moses's mom was blessed with the opportunity to nurse Moses. You know, all that stuff worked out for the best. So, um, but anyway, uh, Israelites were God's. The Israelites were God's chosen people, and God had heard their cries. Matter of fact, I'm going to read the scripture in relation to that. He heard their cries for many years. Now, the thing that we have to remember is that God operates outside of man's time. So even though they have been crying for hundreds of years, their cries were as present, were always present with God, always present. So just to, for us to understand, 400 years to us could be one second for God, if not less than that. So whatever pain that you're feeling Whatever pain that you felt, or even whatever, whatever pain you're going to feel is always happening now with God. It is always in front of him. It is always um, present. So I'm gonna go to uh, a particular passage to, to support the saying that, the idea that God is indeed for us. Um, if you go to Exodus 2, verses 23 through 24. Now this particular section is titled, God Hears the Cry 
of the Israelites. It says in verse 23, the Israelites groaned and cried out under the burden of slavery in their cry for deliverance from bondage ascended to God. So obviously it went up to God and God received their message. Verse 24, so God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw the Israelites and took notice. So during this whole time of slavery and captivity and oppression, the tears that they shed and the, and, the, and, the, and the pain that they endured did not, was not expressed in void. God heard and he felt everything. So God said, you know what? I'm going to make, I'm going to set things up to deliver my children, but I'm going to choose someone, an imperfect being to do so. You choose someone to be a conduit for my delivery. And that was Moses. Um, a couple of people came to mind when it, when it came to uh, somebody being for us, hearing the cry of the people, of the oppressed, uh, of the disenfranchised, um, hearing the, uh, the cries of the misfortunate. And the people that I can think of were Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and I even go as far as to say Colin Kaepernick. The reason being is because all three gentlemen had something to lose. Martin Luther King lost his life, so did Malcolm X. Both of their families were threatened, um, but it was their lives that were taken. Um, Colin Kaepernick, I mean, his career was on the line. He's uh, um, was probably, you know, from the outside, seeing it objectively, um, he was blessed with a lot of opportunities, but he decided to kneel in response to police uh, brutality and to shed light on something in our country that has probably been ignored for a long time. But like God, uh, these three gentlemen, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and Colin Kaepernick heard the cry of the people and decided to do something about it. Um, it's not the easiest thing to do. It's not the um, biggest thing to give up. I mean, it's not the easiest thing to give up. But when you realize that this is something much bigger than you, you realize this is something that you have to endure something that you have to pursue in, in God's position he's God he's the beginning and the end he's the author and finisher of our faith he's a father to the fatherless he is provider he is Jehovah Jireh he is God Almighty um, El Shaddai you know that he is all I he is the great I am that I am he is the great I am so he has nothing to lose nothing and so it was, you know, in comparison to anything, it's pro that was probably a small thing to do to save us and to hear our cries and to respond the way that he did. So in this relation, God was completely for us. Now, in relation to Tony Stark, when I was saying before, if, if you're familiar with Tony Stark as a character, Tony Stark was very narcissistic. And if he couldn't see himself uh, being granted any advantage in any situation he probably didn't get involved so if you remember watching the first iron man tony stark was in the business of selling weaponry um and he knew that a lot of you know that um military uh, establishments would pay a lot of money millions maybe even billions of dollars for his technology but tony stark didn't actually see the effects of his weaponry was having on uh, less privileged places in the world and it wasn't until he actually experienced um, being hit by his own shrapnel that he realized yo 
this is this is really affecting a lot of people. Um, so Tony Stark is taken through this transition where he has the ability to be a hero. He doesn't he doesn't speak of he doesn't think of himself as a hero, but he realizes that he has a responsibility. So at that point, Tony Stark sees himself as being a hero for the people. Um, thus, you know, the beginning of his journey of becoming uh, the heroic Iron Man. So before I uh, jump into this next section, we're going to take a quick commercial break and T-Goss will be right back. Yo, what up, T-Guys listeners? So, if you are interested in hearing uh, anything about uh, my personal process with writing, uh, tune in on um, December 27th, 12 noon, on Instagram. Uh, again, my uh, my name, my account name is Mr. Pennywell. That's M-I-S-T-E-R-P-E-N-N-Y. W-E-L-L on Instagram. Um, I'm going to be talking about, I think the name of it is Rhyme Lyrics and Prose. Rhyme Lyrics and Prose, The Art of Storytelling. Art of Storytelling. The reason why I wanted to speak on it was because that that's what drives me to write. That's that's a part of it. Uh, the, the, the art of storytelling and being able to convey a... Um, a uh, sequential um, line of events from one end to the next uh, so that people can follow the story gradually you know even come to a climax or even experience uh, a point where there's no climax at all and it leaves you questioning like what happened is this person ever going to get out of the funk that they're in or if climax does happen does do they stay there do they come down um, and I think this is applicable to all parts of our lives, but particularly me, uh, I find it difficult to not write, to write without uh, a storytelling t- aspect. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, 12, 27, 21, December 27th, next week, uh, 12 noon on Instagram. So check me out. Uh, so, yeah. And now we'll get right back to the episode. Welcome back to the episode, the latest episode of Glory Not Stories. Uh, again, again, this is your host, Calvin Pennywell Jr. Um, we are still on the episode title, All of the Above. All of the Above, we're talking about the three aspects of God. God for us, uh, God in us, and God... Uh, I'm sorry, God for us, God with us, and God in us. Now, I was talking about uh, uh, the relationship between God and Tony Stark uh, as far as character arc. Uh, going from one end to the other. Of course, God is is the same forever and always. 
uh, but in this relation, in relation to something that's more uh, relatable as far as us being human beings, um, I wanted to use somebody like Tony Stark from the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe as a uh, as an example of somebody um, being one thing and ended up being something else uh, as time progresses. So uh, the next part, I wa- next part that I wanted to discuss was God with us. Now, for a long time. I always knew that Jesus was named Emmanuel, but I never paid attention to what his name actually meant. Um, that is the reason for the seasons. I'm sorry, for the re- that's the reason for the season. What a beautiful way, honestly, to end the year. Because when you end the year like that, it sets up the, pre- the following year. Of all the things we celebrate throughout the year, from Martin Luther King Day uh, to Mother's Day, Father's Day, Grandparents' Day, Veterans' Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day, uh, July 4th, Halloween, Thanksgiving. Um, when it comes to Christmas, it's a time for us to get presents. It's a, it's a time for um, experience the craziness of holidays, right? Uh, but the beautiful thing that we often forget is the reason for the birth of Jesus. God, since the beginning, always wanted a relationship with us. But the moment we chose sin, we uh, were granted the unfortunate, um, the unfortunate flaw of being sin, be of being sinful, which caused the separation. We were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. But again, it is the best love story ever told, because God basically said, "I'm coming back for you. I will come back for you." We will come back to this, to where we were, where we were in direct connection. There were no distractions, no technology, nothing. We didn't even have clothes on. There was nothing between us but space, love and opportunity and communication. Um, so here we are, fast forward into the New Testament. God had a conversation and he said, who will go down? Jesus was like, I will. And I mentioned the, the privilege of being the person that says, I'll do it. Now, nowadays, when it comes to work, when it comes to responsibilities, we're like, man, since you're not going to do it, I'll do it. i do it. Um, I know a lot of firstborns are familiar with that responsibility. Like, since you're the firstborn, when I leave, you're responsible. And... The firstborn is usually responsible for the siblings um, that pre that that pro exist, and I was like, dang, that post exist. Um, so I was like, man, that's that's great. That's a huge responsibility. So, but God took it upon Himself to come down and to be God with us, to be God with us in the struggle, to be God with us, so that He can uh, conquer the world. Uh, so he sent himself in the most humble way um, as king, not king of any kingdom here on earth, but the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom upon which we have we have been blessed um, with the privilege of adding to and mirroring and 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 building the only kingdom that really matters. Um, so at this point, God with us, I wanted to read the uh, Bible scripture that reference that of course of course this is in the book of Matthew um, 
And if you are curious as far as the genealogy of Jesus, I would read through uh, that first, this first chapter from beginning to end. And it shows you the connection between everyone that came uh, down the, uh, through the bloodline that ends, literally ends with Jesus and how everything happened for a reason. And of course, we know Mary was a virgin who was, uh, who was chosen to, to house a Jesus in her womb. A Joseph was chosen as a, what we would call a stepfather. Um, he had the opportunity um, to void the marriage because number one, if Mary was pregnant, you know, scientifically we're thinking, how did she can only get pregnant by being, um, becoming one with someone by which they share bodily fluids and they have an exchange. So that means she's not a virgin, but she's a virgin Mary about to give birth to the king of all kings, right? So, so from a societal standpoint, that was a no-no. Uh, but Joseph was reminded that this is happening for a reason, that what he's about to partake of is something bigger than society can ever imagine. Uh, there was a need and Jesus was meeting that need. God was meeting that need. So uh, Joseph had to put aside his, his own uh, understanding and not lean upon that, but lean upon uh, a promise that God, that God made in the Old Testament. Uh, and, he, and this is God's way of fulfilling that promise. So um, going on in Matthew, and I think uh, I'm trying to go to that specific verse. Um, yeah, Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 this section is entitled the birth of Jesus and then it says verse 23 is scriptures that we are, we're, we're familiar with hearing is behold the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us now in relation going back to, to Tony Stark Now, if you start with, um, yeah, so I want to go, if you go back to Iron Man 3, which is a movie a lot of fans did not like, but there's a, um, a point in there, it's at the beginning, there, what Tony Stark is experiencing extreme anxiety and, and uh, PTSD. And he literally freaks out during a moment when he's confronted by a very young fan and he's having an anxiety attack. And it's at that moment that we see this huge vulnerability of Tony Stark. And I was like, wow. Which is ironic because there's a scene in there where Tony Stark has to come out of his suit. And he falls over and he holds his hand on his chest. So a lot of, I think that's symbolic to a lot of us are wearing these external boundaries that we use to keep us from dealing with our biggest issues and sometimes it takes the woman or the man to come from behind that barrier and confront it for what it is and in that situation uh tony stark was uh confronted with his anxiety i don't know what's wrong with my tongue today <laughs> uh, but it was it was a very eye-opening uh, thing to see from what the world knew as one of the best uh avengers you know but anyway at this point tony it was it was it was refreshing to see how human Tony Stark was. And at that point, Tony Stark was with us as human beings. Like he hurt, he was afraid, he was scared, just like most of, most of us uh, during our everyday, um, everyday life. 
So um, at this point, uh, God is with us. He comes to us as a as a baby in a manger, um, in a in a place where animals are usually housed. Um, he, that's the last place you would think, you know, for a king. Um, but even Jesus started from humble beginnings. And it's evident that Jesus is really, is always willing to go low just to get us at a higher position, willing to meet us where we're at. And that's exactly what he did. He met us where we, where we were at as human beings and him being with us and named Emmanuel. Um, I'm gonna jump to this last part and I know um, I hope that I'm, I, I encourage you to read these, these chapters and these verses for more context. Not only that, so that you can get a full understanding of God's significance in relation to his sacrifice, him sacrificing his only son, uh, which sheds, which is thoroughly explained in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever shall believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I would even read the context in which that was said. Um, so this last part that I'm going to um, is, is, is in Exodus 2. This is during the time where the, the children of Israel were being released from, from Egypt, from Pharaoh's captivity after hundreds and hundreds of years. You can only imagine the, the strenuous work conditions that they operated under. Um, I mean, working nearly all day. Um, which meant that you never, you didn't really get time to rest. You didn't get time to recuperate. We can only imagine the the poor mental wellness, uh, mental wellness that people had during this time. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and you can look this up, um, I think the lifespan of an average person was no longer than your mid 30s. I mean, just people were just dying off because um, they were just not getting the rest that they needed. Just imagine an athlete playing a game every single day every single day and the the stress and the pounding that that, that takes on your body so um, we can only imagine um, but at this point is uh, it's cha Exodus chapter 2 and I'm going to read in reference to uh, um, I'm sorry that's the wrong wrong verse um, I don't know why I, I don't know why I did that. So yeah, Exodus two. That's God, uh, God for us initially. So I don't know why my my papers just got mixed up, y'all. I apologize. I don't know. <laughs> this is what I get for printing this information back to back on sheets of paper instead of individually. That is my fault. So this last part is obviously uh, uh, God in us. God in us. So, and I think I was on track. I just got sidetracked thinking about something else. So anyway. Uh, this last section is God in us. God in us. Now, at this point, when we talked about God being for us, God being with us, now I'm talking about God being in us. Um, this takes place in John chapter 14. I'm going to read uh, chapter, I mean, I'm sorry, John chapter 14. I'm going to read verses 15 through 17. And, th and this section is, uh, is titled, Jesus Promises the Holy Spirit. Uh, verse 15 if you love me if you love me you will keep my commandments and i will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever 
the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you do know him, but you do know him for he abides with you and will be in you. Um, and then I proceed to verse 27 in John 14. And it says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And at this point, uh, Jesus is, has, has died. He's made the sacrifice. He took the keys of death from Satan so that sin never um, has a permanent uh, separation between us and him. Our sins have already been paid for. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about doing everything to make that payment. Because if God removed his grace, the price tag for what we have done and forever will do is endless. It's infinite. We can't pay it. Instead of us saying, it's going to take us a long time to pay it off, we will only say, I can't pay that. <laughs> I can't pay it. But he loves us that much. He loves us that much to make that payment. So there would, there would be nothing hindering us from having that relationship with him. So this last aspect that I'm going to talk about in relation to Tony Stark. Tony Stark in relation to God being in us. Now, if you're familiar with uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, you know, it started with um, Homecoming, right? Tony Stark is Peter Parker's mentor. Biggest inspiration. Oh, no, this is not a spoiler, and if it is, I would advise you to to turn this um this podcast off and watch uh, Avengers uh, Endgame. By now, you should have watched it, so I'm gonna give you time just in case you haven't. I'm not gonna give any spoilers for uh, No Way Home because that that was a good movie. I'm, my wife and I are actually going to see that again. Um, but anyway. And um, the Avengers Endgame, Tony Stark finally assumes the only way for them to win against Thanos. Tony Stark gets a hold of all six stones and he kills off Thanos' entire army. But in the process, it consumes a lot of energy from Tony Stark to the point where he's dying. One of the saddest moments in MCU uh, his, um, history. It wasn't a dry, dry eye in that theater that day, man. It was so quiet. But anyway, Peter Parker goes on, um, remembering the influence that Tony Stark had on him, remembering the things that he told he told him. If you haven't seen Spider-Man: Homecoming, that's the thing that Tony Stark told him. He said, "If you are nothing." If you say you're nothing without the suit, then what are you? If, and he said, if we, if we say we're nothing without our external protection, if we're nothing without the fronts that we put up in the midst of people, then what are we? And the beautiful thing about God is that God strips us of all our flaws. I wouldn't say strips us of all our flaws, but he, he sees us in spite of it. I mean, he created us, so he knows everything we consist of. For we, he knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. So he knows who we are. He knows what we're capable of. He knows what ticks us off. He knows what makes us happy. And in this case, um, Tony Stark will always be in the people that he touched and in the people that he encouraged. 
he will always be a part of Peter Parker. Um, matter of fact, he in, entrusted Peter Parker with some of his technology because he knew he was capable. And um, But the difference between Tony Stark and God is that the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ whom strengthens me. And God is able to give us strength beyond our imagination, strength beyond our understanding. So God in us, greater is he that is in us than he, Satan, is in the world. So God being for us, to God being with us, to God being in us. You realize the progression that throughout all three stages, all God is doing is getting closer and closer, more intimate, more intimate, exposing the essence of his love, getting us back in right standing where we always belong. So um, I think that's my cue. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Maybe a, a trash truck. I don't know, but I think that's my cue. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope that it was helpful. Love you guys. Enjoy your holidays. Be safe. But remember, the reason for the season is Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave Emmanuel. For God so loved the world that he gave the Messiah. For God so loved the world that he gave the King of Kings. The 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 ultimate counselor, the father to the fatherless, the redeemer, the savior. But God so loved the world. So you all have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Glory in Our Stories. This is your host, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. I'm doing the episode titled All of the Above. Yo, thank you all for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of the Glory in Our Stories.